Welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast, where we talk about the music that we love and the industry that we tolerate. And welcome to this episode of the 9420 podcast. That was Lizzie Cates with her single Christmas Eve. Hi, Carl and Greg. How are you guys doing today? Hello. hello. Hi, Carl and Greg. Christmas Eve is approaching. It is very it's, much it's, approaching. So second in our series of, I guess, four, the month of yes. December is, is, yep. is our Christmas it specials. Is. And <laughs> it is two days post Carl's birthday. So happy, happy hey. post-birthday, Carl. Oh, hey. no. Happy birthday. Did you, did you celebrate, Carl? All right. 
No, so yeah, so it, it was very, you know, it gets to a point. It's, it's like kind of like even Christmas. I hate to say it, but don't um, say it. No, no, no. It, <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, when you have big families and kids, birthdays and Christmases are bigger than. But like, you know, when you get older, you know, I remember it's funny. I remember sitting in like I was in McDonald's with my friend Steve. He was a drummer. You know, we were in a band, and we were like, um, you know, nineteen. And I remember going. I can't wait till we're 25. We wanted to be older because then we had 25. You can rent a car. You can get a credit. It was a big thing to be 25. Like we couldn't wait to be older. You know, when you're younger and you're 17, so you can't wait to get older. Yeah, of course. And, uh, and then you get older <laughs> <laughs> and then you, then you're older for a while and then you can't wait to not get any older. And that doesn't happen though. It doesn't go back. And and you usually you know at Christmas time when the celebrations are around the, you know, the kids are all vibrating and everything is like exciting and and it's um it's a special time but there are always these people on the periphery these old people that are like sitting on the couches and and in the little chairs on you know at the in the side and we're becoming those in the sides of the rooms <laughs> with the you old know, people in the side of the room with the chairs they're they're the old people you know and it's like uh, nobody there. No, the kids never know who they are. You know, oh, but no, that's not true. Really? I, I know every single old person that was ever at a Christmas like party with my grandparents or at my parents' house. Like, the extended we, family, the we, uncles and the yes. aunts. Yes. Oh, oh wow. my gosh. That's, yes. I think that's rare. Cousin Regina, Aunt Joe, yeah. we got Dottie, we got yeah. we got Bobshi, we got so many people that come to these things. And like oh for goodness. us, that's like the one day of the year we get to see them outside right. of these family course. events. Is so. Aunt Florence just always every year gave me pajamas. And I could care less. <laughs> oh, see, yeah. my, my aunt Joe, she would hand crochet ornaments, and in the ornament would be a five dollar bill. So we would always be so happy when she would nice. come. My Sweet. grandmother would buy me a coat. Like you know, yeah. who cares? Like when you when you're nine, <laughs> oh, a coat, big deal. You want the BB gun? Yeah, right. yeah. I want yeah, I want something good. I want a coat. <laughs> we we used to have a great uncle, a great uncle Freddie. Um, he would literally bring over garbage bags full of clothes. Oh gosh, from like this uh, store that he used to like have points to, and he would just put it in the middle of the room, and we would go at it, and we would pick out the clothes, and then like two days later, my mom would take us to the store, and we would return what we didn't want and get store credit, and then go shopping there, and we we used to love it. I mean, it was it was not necessarily probably worth the time, but <laughs> it's it very was fun. bizarre. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I uh, you know we. It's just always it's funny to to think back on you know like now I have become one of the old people that like sits on the sidelines and watches the kids tear stuff open and you know I enjoy it I mean I'm I, I actually very happy with my role as kind of the like you know, not the center of attention you know see and this is yeah. our first Christmas where we are where Kenzie actually like understands and see so, how she'll be really into it yeah and my husband obviously is working on Christmas so like not the ideal situation right. and we're both like stressing because I'm like do we how do we do Santa like what what are we gonna do for this because we haven't really actually yeah. had to do this before so yeah. we need to figure this out because she's very into it this year well t Santa will take care of it. Yes, he will. Yeah, you don't. You don't have to worry. So, on a different yeah. note, you know, Greg, you know, you're from Kentucky. What about what's going on down here oh, with those gosh, tornadoes, the, man? The storms from this past weekend. Yeah, I really haven't heard that much about it. I talked to somebody uh, yesterday that uh, knew some people that lost 
a significant portion of their house. Uh, maybe they were the, on the, 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 the outskirts film, of a tornado. It's absurd. But, yeah, I that's mean, crazy. Actually, um, were you? Pulled homes from their foundations. It, oh, yeah. Well, even in Tennessee, it pulled homes from their foundations. Like no. it, like I don't know. Did you wake up on Friday, Greg, to the storm at all, or no? No, not really. I mean, we it kind of just passed over us, and we knew that there were going to be there was going to be inclement weather, but uh, we didn't really think much about it. And um, you're forgetting you know, you're talking to Nicole. Greg lives yeah. in the eye of the hurricane. Yeah, and, I yeah. know. <laughs> in the void, right? And then yeah. there's me, who's literally yeah. waking up every yeah. hour to like yeah. see where the tornadoes are. No, the sun. Sirens are impervious to, uh, you know, the here here at the void. We don't hear anything from the outside. <laughs> uh, my wife, I think, t- keeps track of it, but that's just a kind of a maybe. That's a um, uh, just a personality trait where she she's got friends that keep. I don't track see of how these are not wake up calls to people. Like oh, they are like, like saying like because Mother Nature every once in a while just when more and more now lately flexes her muscles saying, "Listen, guys, I let you live here." You know, don't think like you. You're in charge. When I when I want to flex, yeah, no question. You're done. So well, like- I've been I've been in a tornado. I mean, I was uh, we were in the '70s. We had a gigantic tornado in um, in Louisville, Kentucky, and we were. I actually was in my pre-teen, early teens. I was in the back seat of the car, and we were actually coming from a doctor's visit. And my mother was driving on the highway, and we looked over, and about I don't know. 500 yards from where we were driving was the uh, Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center. And we saw a tornado take the roof off of the Exposition Center about 500 yards away from where we were driving. And it, it was insanity. It was crazy. I was coming from a doctor's visit, so I had 103 temperature anyway. So the whole thing was kind of surreal and psychedelic. But uh, yeah, it they are powerful things. You know, it's just like... And you can you get mesmerized by it. You can watch it happen in front of you and not recognize how deadly it is because it's just it's kind of otherworldly to see it. See, and that is my worst nightmare. Like I don't my 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 family still laughs that like my husband and I chose to stay in Tennessee because of how bad the tornadoes are here. But like severe weather actually gives me severe anxiety. So like wow. knowing that you were a part of that actually just yeah. gives me anxiety hearing that story. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I have never, I mean, ever since then I have, I've been in more awe of it than anything else. I mean, so if we're get, getting ready to have a storm, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware that, you know, that's a, a lightning strike opportunity, but I love going out and standing in the backyard or on the back porch and actually watching the storms come in. You know, that that's a cool thing. You are just, uh, nope. You're just tempting mother nature to say, strike right. me down. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right. It's a, uh, they, they really are amazing. I'm not a, I'm not afraid of them in any way, but I do think they are kind of mesmerizing. I actually made my family get off the beach in the Outer Banks when I was seven because I was dead set that there was a hurricane coming in. It was just a bad storm, but I was terrified. Nicole, how do you do in the uh, tornado scene in Wizard of Oz? Um, I just skip like so before we were able to fast forward easily, I would close my eyes. <laughs> like, like in the 1990s when I would watch it, I would just sit and close my eyes and just make sure I knew when to open them, but now I just fast forward through it. I was reading something about when they made Wizard of Oz, they were actually concerned about how realistic the 
scenes associated with the tornado, tornado actually became and like on a big screen it was like super traumatic nobody ever good. filmed it honestly like for for 1939 yeah. those special effects were pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah and plus the pacing of it you know so you and it gets darker progressively darker and even and the music you see the wind and the music yeah it's it's crazy well even and even how like the house gets taken off the foundation and how it yeah, twists yeah, yeah. up it's, and twists yeah. down like it's very, very frightening, and so I'm curious as to whether or not that traumatized you. And uh, It did. Right off the bat, I wouldn't have gone down in the cellar without Dorothy. I wouldn't have just locked. They just left her. Oh, she'll be all right. <laughs> you know, they just went down in the, exactly. the slightest bit of the wind. What These Dorothy? old people, they were probably been, like, you know, probably been in the corn mash. To, okay, to Annie M's like actual thing, she had no idea where Dorothy was. So it was either no, go, but, but go she, into the storm to find Dorothy or save then her. Then she own just life. was banging on the door. Dorothy you, can't even get in. That's right. Yeah, bang, they she's don't banging even hear on, her on the door. At least they would so much to stand by the yeah. door in case Dorothy comes by. No, you know, but and, at that point, the tornado was on them. No, like, I'm sorry, they neglecting Dorothy. If I was her, the hell with them. See, yeah. no, I'm, I'm, I, I'm all for what Annie M and them did. Like, if because if they didn't no. do that, she would have never gone to the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> well, you know it was, a, you know it was sure. a dream, right? No, I know it was a dream. <laughs> you really I know. I'm not. The house I, didn't really go there. She could have always gone home. And you were there, and you were there, and you were there. <laughs> yeah, I know it was a dream. But all I'm saying. But speaking of musicals, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story came out to less than stellar reviews and less than stellar like ticket sales. How do you remake that? Come on, I'm not a a big, I'm not a big West Side Story fan. Leave it alone. Not everything has to be redone. Well, I think we're almost at the point where people are thinking they have to redo things because I don't think they have ideas. I, I almost think we're there sometimes. Well, I think a lot of things become become like legend and they become tropes and so you've got i mean you have things that get written a hundred times like like a a dickens thing like a christmas carol for example that that story has been written a hundred times because you got to picture there's always the meeting you know anything you see done at some point there was a meeting in some los angeles office where some guy goes i got a great idea Let's do. I guess somebody was sat there and said, "You know what I could do? How about we remake the Flintstones into a film?" You know, like, you know, <laughs> right? Of course. But you know, there are people that are so into Hollywood and so into film, so into the genre that the very act of taking something and making it a film they consider to be part of the art. You know, so I don't you, think so though. Like, there's yeah, there such, are people that think that. I know, you know? but I mean, there's like, such a distinction between musicals and film, and and like, just leave it be. Sometimes. Well, like, I love musicals and I love Broadway, uh, but I can tell you that some of my favorite versions of those classic shows are actually the made-for-film versions of the shows. I have I, to disagree. Well, I think Carousel. I think well, you're going uh, back to the fifties, yeah, the fifties and sixties, forties. Those, those right. movies are amazing. But now, you know? because what they used to do, they used to dub in actual singers. Nowadays, Les Mis with Anne Hathaway singing, and they have these people who can't sing because they have star power. Right, and right. Chicago, well, they've been doing that for years with too. Renee Zellweger, she's not a singer. So who are these people? I'm going to revert and say to Greg. Anything before like 1955, if it is a, or I will say 1960, right. Oklahoma, it, those if, women. Yeah, 
that the is, Rogers and Hammerstein stuff from the fifties and sixties. Those are really good movies. Very good. Yeah, like because very, they had very, actual very good. people who were in who they, sang to be in them. They had the triple threats. They had the actors, singers, and dancers. And like Danny you cannot, Kay, Bing you Crosby, cannot recreate that. Rudy Garland, right? Like even speaking of our favorite classical winter movie like white christmas you cannot recreate that like there's no one alive today that can well, well, recreate those right. scenes it's very it's difficult they had bing crosby danny k right but now yeah. who are they gonna remake that with now uh justin bieber and, T- and- <laughs> come on and taylor swift like- no no they no they because they got to be politically correct so they get kevin hart to play the danny k role <laughs> come on yeah. it's just a different time i will say this about these specials and about how we watch nostalgically or we listen nostalgically i was watching uh, some old television specials from uh, the holidays from the christmas specials in particular andy williams specials he had a, a contract to do specials with the networks for years like 15 different years he would do a show and they all have the tried and true thing where people arrive at their home and come to the house and you know, they've all got, they're all dressed up like it's cold outside and they're all bringing gifts. And right, right. Every, you've seen that in almost every one. Well, they tried to recreate that in the Casey Musgraves uh, I saw, Christmas um, it's special. Like, it's like Hulu or something like that, right? Like Yes. Uh huh. It was produced a year or two ago. And I think they honestly tried to recreate one of these old throwback kind of it didn't, didn't uh, work. Christmas specials and it was absolutely unwatchable. It's it funny, I, I just saw so that. So painful. I just saw that exactly what you said where like yeah. Bing Crosby opens the door and it's David Bowie who's cold outside and he walks exactly. in and it was great. It was yeah. great. And they did the, their version of Little Drummer Boy. Yeah, there's a whole mythology associated with that whole happening. Anyway, we're just babbling on. Let's let's play another tune. We have some another Christmas song, right? I know. Let's marry up this episode with a uh, single called "Marrier with You" by Danielle Cormer, um, and she is an artist of AGD Entertainment. So we'll hear a little bit about AGD, and then we'll hear her single. This episode features an artist from AGD Entertainment. AGD Entertainment at the forefront of innovation in the ever-changing music industry. They educate and inspire their clients with their knowledgeable team of industry professionals and through community collaboration, cultivate a fun environment with an emphasis on respect, creativity, and relationships. If you are a music artist and you're looking for artist management or career development opportunities, AGD Entertainment is the place for you. To learn more, go to agdentertainment.com. That is agdentertainment.com. So what's just one more? Though these words are nothing new, it's the holidays with you. I want to trim the Christmas tree, fill all the stockings with candy, watch It's a Wonderful Life by the
that was that was sweet. There's a sweetness to that song, I think. You know, I um, think that that could probably be in a Hallmark movie next year. Probably, probably, um, and I love it because like, I, where do they get those bells? I think there's like, I think we just get those bells. You can say any song, put those bells in it as a Christmas song, right? You're not, you're not wrong. <laughs> anyway, I, I hate to even mention this because I know that I'm just going to be chastised for it. But if I ever have enough resources to do exactly what I want with my life, I have promised to establish a North American contemporary sleigh bell company, and I'm going to make sleigh bells for the rest of my life. I am going to uh, create a a strap of classic sleigh bells. They're going to be handmade, hand polished. They're going to be keepsakes. They're going to be things that people will hand down from generation to generation. I'm going to learn. Uh, I'm going to forge them, and then I'm going to make them available, and they are not going to be cheap. No, I probably will cast them out of bronze in sand casts. I was going to say, why don't we make this episode just a little bit more merrier with some questions of the week from Danielle. So we asked Danielle some Christmassy questions, right? We did. The first question we asked her is, what is your favorite holiday memory? My favorite holiday memory is probably when I was three or four years old and it actually snowed on Christmas morning, which was very rare for where I grew up. And after I'd opened, my family and I have opened all of our presents, my dad took one of the boxes that my presents was in, tied a rope to it, and we went into our backyard and he pulled me around like it was a sled and just pulled me up and down the golf course, which was my backyard where I grew up, essentially, and just pulled me back and forth in the snow. And it was so much fun. Greg, you have your first customer for a sleigh bell. I'm telling you. Well, first I'm, I'm on to something. First, she needs a sleigh, because it sounds like that box wouldn't last too long <laughs> in the snow. You know I, But that, okay, so. These are going to be cheap. These are going to cost like, I'm, I'm thinking like 1500 bucks. <laughs> What right. I was going to say about her answer, though, is I think it's great because it's not necessarily centered around a gift per se. It's about that like actual the memory. memory. Right. Yeah. Like, well, I think a lot of people think, though, like, oh, my favorite Christmas memory is when I got this or when I got that. Not necessarily about like the people or how they felt or what was going on around them. So that's just my per- my my take on it. I think you're right. Well, I think that, well, that's what Christmas is supposed to be about, giving. It's the second thing we asked Danielle. So the next thing we asked her is what was one present that you wanted but never actually received? Growing up, I always wanted a Razor scooter because all of my friends had them and it was so much fun riding around their neighborhoods, but my mom thought it was too dangerous, so I never got one of my own. But looking back now, I can kind of understand because even as an adult, I joke with friends of how anytime you'd hit your ankle on the Razor scooter, it always hurts so bad. But they were always just so fun to ride around on. Yeah, Kenzie actually has one. Folding scooter. Kenzie has one. She has to wear a helmet with it all the time because they are they are dangerous. I never had. I guess if every kid, you know, I, I'm a little older, but I never had a a mini bike. I never had a, like a, a go kart. Yeah, go karts were. Uh, I could see how they were hard to like store. Every kid wanted a go kart, and just really hard to, to kind of like an actual go kart. Make that from, happen. Like, the yeah, go-kart like a go kart. Yeah. Like you would run it, run around on the street with, you know. You know, a lot of us had mini bikes, you know. But I, I you know what you I know. had, you know what I was good at, believe it or not. And I loved doing it. I was even in competitions. Pogo stick. Really. I, 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 I did one like right. I did one for like, 
I held the record in my little school for 1600. Like I was just pogoing like around. I could do circles. I was, I think. That's amazing. I, I will, I will make a, a set of sleigh bells for your pogo stick. I remember we bought one for my grandson and, you know, it was a tragic, uh, grand new grandparent mistake because he didn't weigh enough to actually propel himself off of the ground on the stick. I was was a fat kid. (laughs) (laughs) What's the last question we asked? uh, The last question that we asked Danielle is what is your wish for the coming year? My holiday wish for the coming year is to hopefully have more time to spend on my music and working on my next project and definitely hoping to tour for the whole year and just go all over the United States playing my music. Yes, you want to, you know, but pretty much everyone wants to hopefully like to have a healthy and happy new year and hopefully most of this COVID stuff will be gone and the world can open up again and to some degree and get back to kind of normal. Yeah, and artists can really start going after their career in the way that they did before. All I know is... <laughs> I wish we have a good new year and I think, you know, I don't know. I do think we will. I There's just something instinctually that I think 2022, even though it may not necessarily bring about like the end to all of this, it will be like light years better than the last two years have been. Sorry, I feel sorry for like really for young people. It's gotten weird, you know, like, you know, uh, you know, it's like, you know, this, this is stuff that, you know, mix this with, with, with the social media and all this nonsense. It's a, definitely a, a new world mm-hmm. for these young people, you know. And, uh, and I could see the, you know, the anxiety that a lot of young people feel well, for the future. Look at our democracies kind of teetering on who knows what. You know, like, we didn't have this stuff growing up. We had craziness, but there's still some fundamental sense of maybe I'm wrong, but. There's a whole other topic around this too. It's the, the anxiety that the young kids are having with all of these things that we're we're not exposed to 10, 15 years ago, but also how to actually parent it. Like how do you like yeah, for I, parent- I don't know what you're gonna do. Yeah. yeah, I mean I have no idea. Like that we, we it's a day at a time. Like just talked to, I just spoke with a friend of mine the other day. She and she's a ten year old boy and uh, he doesn't even have a phone. He doesn't need a phone. You know, like you know and she keeps him off social media, says he's too young. And uh, I think she's right. I think um, it's probably true. Yeah. I mean, we basically just relinquished over our formative years to these artificial intelligences that um, basically know more about us than we know about ourselves at any given time. They really don't. But they really don't. Uh, Yeah, I think they do. I know they don't. That's, that's, Uh, that's, I think they know based on what we're clicking on. Based on our behaviors, the X factor of human beings that we can make left turns at any time. And what I liked on Tuesday, I may hate on Wednesday. So they can do all they want, and they can change their algorithms. There, they don't know what you're talking about. But your behavior usually doesn't lie. It, it no, totally, but it, here's the I, thing: Greg. I lie totally. I yeah. lie every Here, day. And here's the thing, Greg. Too, that's about to get a lot harder because of all the changes that are coming with Google and how they cannot actually use your data anymore. In advertising or anything like that. So it's going to get a lot harder for companies to actually see. I'm not talking about that in the present. I'm talking about in the future, artificial intelligence will be, will know more about us as people than we know about ourselves. I don't, I don't think and so. so. That's a, well, 
there are people a lot smarter than me that have written books on the subject. No, I know, but and it's still. So, I still think the human factor plays a huge part in all of this, and you cannot replicate that. This is my two cents about this. If you're a human being, no matter how intelligent you are, if you are a human being, you're stupid. And that's basically it. So, Amen. You know, so I don't care how brilliant you think you are, you know, Gore Vidal, you know, you know, William F. Buckley, Einstein. If they're all so brilliant, why are we still in a mess? We've been a mess throughout history. It's always been a mess. So obviously all this brilliance and knowledge and wisdom and hasn't really done much of anything. Which, <laughs> well, it's all part of the plan. Yeah. Right? So, so no matter how much you think you know mm-hmm. about love and poetry and, and life and history and science and this and that, you you can't get past the idiot factor, you know yeah. that we're mm. that we're a, basically a society of, of buffoons and and <laughs> who, who who really have ridiculous reasoning abilities and and we can rationalize anything and like take stupid apes apes with a conscience. No, I I, I call so, I've yeah. always said we are Neanderthals with iPads. You know, we're basically like you know we think we're evolved, but we're really not. We're basically still instinctual idiots we still like you know i don't know so so out there so if you're a person out there listening basically i think you're stupid <laughs> and to all but, a good, but you have yeah but you have a merry christmas anyway. and yeah. to all a good night <laughs> and i'm and, and and it's coming from someone who at least has the wisdom to know that he's stupid you know? <laughs> self-awareness they call Self-stu- it that is important self-awareness fact. stupidity man that that is that is important i know yeah. i'm a buffoon <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> All right, you ready to get out of this episode? Yeah. So next week is the big, big is the big Christmas uh, is the big Christmas bowling. Mm-hmm. Party. What's with the bowl? How are we doing a bowling party? See, he doesn't even remember. You don't remember last year's bowling because party? Year's Christmas because bowling I'm a buffoon. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and you listen to last year's Christmas bowling party, and if you aren't imbued with the Christmas spirit and want to do it again, then we'll cancel next week. Ah. <laughs> uh. all right everyone thanks so much for listening to this episode of the 9420 podcast for everything that we spoke about you can go to our website which is 9420.com that is the number is 94 and the letter is t-w-e-n-t-y until next time we'll talk to y'all later 